Hey, it's Monique. I hope all is well. This is episode 103 of the Brown Vegan Podcast. And with this show, I love to present veganism in a practical perspective to help everyday people transition in a way that feels good to them. Not only do we talk about food on the show, but I also think it's important to talk about wellness. So I have some future episodes about meditation and essential oils and yoga and all of that good stuff coming up because, like I said, it's much more than food. It truly is a lifestyle. You can find out more about what I do and how I do it at brownvegan.com. And also be sure to come hang out with me on Instagram. I'm brownvegan over there as well. So yeah, I hope all is going well in your world. Thank you so much for tuning in. We've made it through another week. <laughs> Thankful for that. And I'm interviewing Danny from damngoodvegan.com. We're going to talk about one of the questions that I get most often, and that is, how do you start a vegan journey? Like, what are some of the steps that you need to take to make that happen for yourself? And so that's what we're going to cover in this episode. We're going to go over the seven essential steps that you need to take if you are someone who is thinking about going vegan. And I love these tips that Danny's going to provide because they're incredibly practical which is how my approach is as well so it's just really good to be able to have her on here she is a plant-based expert she does does cooking demos she coaches and she just basically helps people make their transition to vegan life and so i think that this is a really good conversation and i'm excited to have her share all of her tips on the show before we get into this episode i want to do a shameless plug because Um, Next to how do you go vegan, another question that I get most often is how do you start a YouTube channel? How do you start a podcast? And so because of that, I just started offering consultations where you can actually work with me one-on-one and I'll help you walk through those steps of getting started based on my own experience and just, you know, helping you make that process happen. I know how it can be a little daunting when you see all of the steps and all of the work that needs to go into starting something. So basically, I just want to hold your hand and help you make that happen. If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, all you have to do is go to axbrownvegan.com to sign up for a session and we'll make that happen. Um, I do plan to do some eBooks on those topics in the future, but for now, if you want to work with me one-on-one, we'll do a phone call. And like I said, I'll walk you through the steps. Definitely go check out axbrownvegan.com. So yeah, without further ado, I want to go ahead and get into the conversation with Danny. All of the show notes and everything we mentioned in this episode can be found at brownvegan.com under episode 103. And also be sure to hang out with Danny on Instagram. Her handle is damngoodvegan. So yeah, without further ado, let's go ahead and get right into the conversation with Danny of damngoodvegan.com. Great question. So I decided to wait. What was the question again? I know it's fine. Why? <laughs> <laughs> you Yo. said, why did I decide to go vegan? Yes. Okay. 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 <laughs> cause like, it's so funny. Cause for, for my podcast, we're trying to think of like that question. Like what is that question that we ask every guest yesterday? We did a recording. We asked the person, what is, what does vegan mean to you? So Oh, that's a good one. I like that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're like testing it out to see if that is like a cool question to ask. Yeah. I usually, when I have a vegan guest, which is most of my guests are vegan, I usually start off like that because I don't know. I just think it is the question that people want to know the most. And it it also helps me like segue into other topics when I kind of just pull from that answer. So yeah. That's true. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. I'm ready for real this time. Mm -hmm. So I decided to go vegan. Well, I tell people that it happened overnight on accident because back in 2010, I actually met somebody who was vegan and he was telling me all the things that I tell people now. And I was like, man, I'm not going vegan. Like I'm, I'm a black woman and I eat chicken and I eat macaroni and cheese. So I was like hell bent. I'm never going vegan. Fast forward 2014, I'm on this weight loss journey. I'm losing weight, but then I hit a plateau. And then a friend of mine told me to try this 21 day to plant-based challenge. And it was like life changing. Well, first of all, when I saw the person who was hosting the challenge, her name is Quinetta Moore, which I believe you have, you've had her on your podcast before. Hey, yes. Queenie. I love her. Go ahead. Shout out to Queenie. Yes. And so when I saw her body, I was like, if that's what vegan looks like, Sign me up. I know. All day. (laughs) Yes. So so I went ahead and started this challenge on July 14th, 2014, simply to lose weight. It was not about going vegan. It wasn't about anything else other than losing another 10 pounds. So within the first three days, I lost four pounds. So I was like, okay, this thing works as a diet. 
And then that following week, she posted a list of all the documentaries that were on Netflix at that time. And on, on the two days off that I had from work, I literally watched all docu- all of them. Like I think I watched 10 documentaries in two days. And I was just, I just got so obsessed. Once I saw, I saw Forks Over Knives first. And then, and funny enough, somebody gave me Forks Over Knives back in 2012. And this couple, they had walked into this restaurant that I was bartending at and they just pointed me out and was like, I want you to serve our, you know, just to be our server. So I was like, okay, cool. You know, whatever. I wasn't tripping off of it. And then we just like started talking and having this really good conversation. And he slips me the documentary and I looked at it and was like, I don't know what this is, but I'm gonna hold on to it. And for two years, I held on to it through moving and moving to a whole different state and everything. And it wasn't until she posted all the documentaries that I realized I had it. So mm. I watched that one first and it had me in tears on this emotional roller coaster of, oh my gosh, what have I been doing to my body willfully for 31 years? And then on the up end, like, oh, this is the key to life. This is how I get better. This is how my family heals. This is how, you know, I can get rid of my IBS and my, you know, and, and not having like the clearest and brightest skin or not sleeping well and having anxiety and depression and all these other ailments that was happening in my body. So after those two days, I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, oh my gosh, I know I said I was never going vegan, but I have to go vegan now. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't feel like something that I just should do. It felt like something I had to do for myself, for my family, for my future, for the planet, for the animals, like for everything. And so, yeah. So after that, I started this three week challenge and I never turned back. So that's why I say it was overnight on accident. Cause I went cold turkey and I didn't intentionally say I was going to go vegan. It just happened during those three weeks when I experienced veganism and how it made me feel and learn. And then I learned about the effects of it on the planet and our body and, um, and the animals. That's dope. That's dope that, um, they planted that couple randomly planted that seed and then it came back full circle for you. And then of course, Queenie with her fine ass helped you. Yes. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Let me tell you, did you have you seen Queenie? I know that she is, you just had twins, but I feel like she really, she, she doesn't think she's a snapback, but she really did in my opinion. Like I think she looks great. She's already, uh she's already at like pre-pregnancy weight. I know, and I the babies that. are like two weeks old, two and a half weeks old. So it's like, girl, you snap back. She might need to tone a little bit, maybe, because you know your stomach. I'm sure is like all that loose. skin. Mm. Yeah, but girl, you know she gonna snap back and come out with abs and be holding her <laughs> twins and stuff. So yeah, she's she's such an inspiration. I love her so much Me and too. so inspiring. Yes, definitely, definitely. So the reason I wanted you on the show, Danny, is because I think that you give amazing tips, especially for people that are transitioning and in your coaching business, your speaking, your demos and your, your book, just everything. So I wanted to have you on the show to just give some tips because I always get questions from people like, what are some tips on transitioning? So I wanted us to kind of go back and forth and talk about some of the best things that really helps you and some of the uh, tips that you give your clients as well. So we're going to go through seven different transition tips. We're going to just have a good time with that. So I think it'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what's cool is the first tip actually is perfect from, um, like kind of a segue from what I was just talking about with my transition, because my first tip is to educate and research. And that's what I did within those three weeks. I watched documentaries. I started looking at books and definitely cookbooks for sure. Cause I'm like, okay, well, it's all cool to say I'm vegan, but I need to eat and I need to eat well. So yes. how do we do that? Right. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. So I watched a bunch of documentaries, but even since 2014, there's so many more documentaries that have come out. And I'd say my top five documentaries are um, the game changers, which is fairly new. Um, the invisible vegan, which is so, I mean, there's so much comic relief within that and yes. it's geared strictly towards the black community and you know Jasmine is from DC, so hey. then yes, yeah, Jasmine so was on a podcast up. too. I don't know if you know that she was like oh. episode like ninety eight or something like that. Yeah, she was on a podcast too. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Super dope, super yeah. dope. Okay, and then um, Feel Rich is um, it's not necessarily like directed towards veganism, but they do talk about it. But I just love how these hip hop artists just talked about you know like them as influencers because you know like hip hop influences the world, you know, and it's not just about the flashy things and the money and the cars, 
but also like, how are they living? You know, are they living in a way that makes them not only are not only are they rich, but how do they feel? Are they feeling mm-hmm. rich? You know, are they waking up and doing their yoga in the morning and having a green juice and, and practicing veganism or vegetarianism for some. So I love that documentary and also Cowspiracy and Force Overnight. Have you seen What the Health? Did you like that one? I did see What the Health and I did like it. I liked it for the fact that, I mean, I think a lot of people responded to Earth, to um, What the Health wanting to go vegan. I think it, in 2000, I think it was 2018 when it came out. A lot of people went vegan as, a, or maybe 2017, a lot of people went vegan as a result of um, What the Health. But I do know that some people just didn't really like it because it was a little too like, doctory you know and like but still in all like the facts are the facts and i know some people respond to that type of information versus you know seeing like the animal cruelty and things like that but i think all the documentaries are great if they reach people it doesn't have to reach everybody but because not everything is for everyone but so many people went vegan as a result of that so i i love the documentary simply for that reason. See, I like that one because it was the first time that I saw, at least in a documentary, that they talked about it from like a human rights perspective. Because a lot of times it's about health and animals and environment, which is all important. They're all important causes. But sometimes I feel like people resonate when they see people um, suffering because of that's true of capitalism. So yeah, I, I thought that was really good when they were talking about like the the pig farms and how all the people in the surrounding area, not all the people, but a lot of the people in the surrounding areas, you know, had health issues, cancer, respiratory issues because they lived by the slaughterhouses. So I thought that was a good person. That was like the thing that stood out to, the most to me in that one. So yeah, that yeah. was pretty powerful because you're like, oh my gosh, you know, there's you see people, you, they're talking about people that are getting cancer. And they, and it's not even because they consume it. It's just because they live near it. Yep. And, you know, and mm. you know, like a, a classism issue as well. You know, if you don't have the money, then there it is. So that's why I thought that was a really good one. Let's yeah. See. So what about some cookbooks that you would recommend? Cause we're still on the, the first step, which is about educating and researching. So what some, what are some good cookbooks that you would recommend or just books in general? Let's get to books in general and then we'll get okay. to cookbooks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So as far as books, um, I like the China, the China study by T. Colin Campbell, eating animals by Jonathan Saffron Foyer, Afroism by Akko and Silco mm-hmm. and sister vegan by Avery's yeah. Harper. Yes. I love those books for all different reasons, but, um, they're all, I think if you read all of them, then you get a nice perspective of all the different points that veganism can touch on. Yeah, where to start for sure. Sister Vegan mm-hmm. is actually a book that helped me go vegan. That was the first time that I saw veganism from the perspective of Black people. I was like, oh, Black women go vegan? Okay. So yeah, mm. I read that. It was similar to your story because I felt like I read it and then the next day, it didn't feel like it was overnight, but it kind of was. It was like, oh, I got to do this. Now that I know, I have to figure out a way to make this work. So yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And then to round it out, the cookbooks, and this is what is for me was really necessary because again, going back to the educating and researching, you know, now that you decide you make this big decision on changing (laughs) what you eat and that's a huge decision. Um, I had, I needed to know like, what do I need to cook? And also from a, from a black perspective, because a lot of the events that I went to that were white centered, like white veganism was the food just wasn't resonating with me. It was like, okay, yeah, that's cool. That's whatever. But at that time, especially at the beginning, I didn't know about quinoa. I don't think I even knew how to pronounce it at the time. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know. And then, you know, sprouts and alfalfa sprouts and all these other like nutritional yeast. I had no idea what these things were. And I'm like, okay, I need it simplified. I need to see things that look like what I like to eat. So um, so some of the books that I really um, dove into at the beginning was by Any Greens Necessary by Tracy McWhorter. And then some years later, which I believe was just like two years ago, she came out with The Ageless Vegan, which she wrote with her mother, um, Mary McWhorter. And then um, Afro Vegan and Vegetable Kingdom, which is a new book coming out by Brian Terry. So love his book. Caribbean Vegan by um, Tamer Mason. Love that because my folks are from the Caribbean too. Yes, so, I've had her food. I went to... where. Uh, Toronto like a couple of years ago and she did a cooking demo. She is so cool. Mm. And her food is so good. Yeah. I love yeah. her food. Okay. The recipes ahead. are so bomb. I haven't had her actual cooking, but from the recipes I could tell. For uh-huh. sure. yeah, yeah. 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 Um, then two potato soul by Janae Claiborne. Hey. Love her. And then Rachel Ama's um, vegan eats. And she's also like 
she lives in the UK, but her folks are Caribbean. So she does a lot of Caribbean inspired dishes as well. Yeah. Let's talk about that. So did you cook? I know that you love to eat, of course. Right. But did you cook before you were vegan? How did that work? I did. So I've been cooking since I was 11 and um, totally be- like against my mom's wishes because um, I was raised by a single mother and she was not home, you know, in some of the evenings. And once I was staying home by myself, I was like, okay, I need to cook some food because we like when I grew up or no, when I was first born and up until I was eight years old, I lived with my grandmother and my mom in um, in South Florida. And then when we moved to Northern Virginia, it was just me and my mom. And so things really changed as far as how I ate my grandmother being from the, from Jamaica, she ate off the land. So even though my family did eat meat when I was growing up, we still ate more plant-based than anything specifically because of resources. Like when you don't have a lot of money, yeah, like meat is more expensive. So it's better to eat the vegetables and stuff like that, that you can grow yourself. So, um, so yeah, so my grandmother cooked a lot of our foods. I don't think, I think the first time I went out to, to a fast food restaurant, I was five years old and my mom took me to Wendy's and she asked me what I wanted. And I said, I wanted a salad. And she's like, wow. <laughs> yeah, she tells the story all the time. And she's like, no, no, like you're at a fast food restaurant. You're supposed to have a burger and fries, you know, like that's what you're supposed to do. So, <laughs> so that was my first experience with, with um, fast food at five years old, you know? So my base has always been pretty whole foods. Um, but when we moved to Northern Virginia, it really switched to like convenience foods, fast foods, eating out, take, you know, takeout delivery, all of that. And I just got tired of it. I wanted real food. And so I started cooking myself and, um, my mom was like, don't do it. Cause I'm not home. You know, you, you don't want your child to burn down the house, but I just knew I had it. I was like, no, I'm good. So I would just still do it. And then Eventually, my food just got a lot better and my mom appreciated it because she would come home to some cooked food. And then throughout the years, I never really thought about it like, oh, I'm a cook. Like, I never thought about it like that. It was just what I did. Like a necessity, right? (laughs) Like a necessity. Exactly. Like, you're supposed to know how to cook. And so, um, and then, but then I also like to host. So when I would have events at my house, I would, you know, cater it, quote unquote. And then I was all about um, presentations so or make it look beautiful. So people always commented me, commented on my presentation and my food. And, but I still never thought like, oh, this is my arena. This is my thing. And so it wasn't until I went vegan that I really rediscovered or discovered maybe for the first time that I had such a passion for cooking because I literally had to get back to the basics and learn how do I cook vegan food? And then once I got into it, I was like, oh, like I'm loving this. And then, and I really think it was like social media that amped me up because I'm cooking new food, I'm sharing it more. And then people are like attracted to it and they're like, wow, that looks good. I want to taste it. I, you know, and then it kind of evolved into me then educating other people. Like I didn't set out to start Damn Good Vegan and do this. This was never the intention. Um, I've always been an entrepreneur, but it was never the intention to like start a vegan business. It just kind of happened. Like just like how me going vegan happened overnight on accident. Damn good vegan just kind of happened as a result of me sharing my journey on social media. Yeah, I love that. You are so passionate and it comes so natural to you. So I'm just glad that you that you follow that calling because it's so easy not to. <laughs> you know that it's something you like, but do you can you make money from it? Can you build a business from it? That's a whole nother arena. So I'm just glad that you followed your passion. Absolutely. Thank you. No, Thank no you. Problem. So let's talk about the second transition tip that you have for people who are looking to go vegan. Sure. So the second tip is to plan for success. Now I know I mentioned I went vegan overnight and I think Monique, you can kind of like resonate with that too, as far yeah. as like just deciding I'm going to go vegan. And then the next day you're vegan and like okay now what the hell am I gonna eat right exactly now I'm hungry let me go get some water that's that's vegan right right exactly that's what I'm saying okay wait before we get into that let's talk about that though because when you make that big decision because it really is a big decision I hate I don't like when people kind of undermine it like it's not that big of a deal it really really is a big deal you are truly unlearning everything you've ever thought about food and and who you are too you know you like really a whole new discovery so 
we never want to make it seem like it's just something that's so light and it doesn't matter. So definitely, yeah, mapping out that success is so important. Keep, keep going. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah. So definitely mapping it out. And um, so, so there's two ways of doing it. Of course, you can slowly transition or you can say, like, there's, there are people that have watched a documentary and they're like, I'm throwing out all the meat all the eggs, all the dairy, we're starting vegan tomorrow. And the whole family's going to be vegan, even if y'all don't, you know, don't want to. And so there are those people. And then there's the people that are like, you know what? I do want to go vegan and I'm going to take the next six months to do it. And I'm going to slowly transition. Both are totally fine. There's not one way to do it. That's better than the other. It just depends on how, what kind of person you are and what you're motivated by. So yeah. if you feel like going overnight works for you, fine. If, you need to transition. That's fine too. But either way, both, both people need to have a plan. So if you decide you want to go overnight, then you're going to need to be researching overnight <laughs> what you're <laughs> going to eat tomorrow, at least figure out what you're going to do tomorrow. And you can take it day by day by day until you get to the point where you're comfortable in your transition. And then, um, but those that move slowly through that transition then you might want to, you know, come up with a plan. Like maybe month one, I'm going to just cut out all red meat. Then month two, we're going to move to poultry. Month three, we'll do, we'll just be pescatarian. And then I'll go into really fish and then dairy and then eggs. And then eventually you're removing everything. And then you're vegan within six months, you know? Um, but I think for people that want to slowly transition, have it, having that plan is so important because you might never transition to the next level. You know, it might take you years to get there. Yes. I know you saw that meme about, um, what is, gosh, I can't remember. Falling from grace. (laughs) That meme that somebody posted about how you checking in on your friends who said they were going vegan like years ago. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Like, first of all, I don't like people checking on me. And second of all, I don't like people questioning me. (laughs) Right, exactly. But it's so easy. It's so easy because you get into it. It kind of like when you moved up, when you moved up this way and how you just kind of get into this uh, routine of convenience. And it does take effort when you're learning how to do all of this. It takes a lot of effort. And I think people get overwhelmed by that effort and they don't even continue because they're like, this is too much work, but it's really not. Once you figure out what works for you, it's not too bad. Exactly. And then, um, and part of planning for this success is also to be prepared. So, you know, so what you can do is you can figure out like ways to meal prep, and if you are meal prepped for the week, then you know, like, okay, when you might be questioning what to eat or um, how do I navigate this thing, you already have food that's ready to go for you. So that's another part of this tip is like meal prepping. And I like to t- pick two days out of the week. I do Sunday and Wednesday. And I um, usually dedicate between an hour to two each of those days. And I prepare enough food for the next two to three days so that I'm good to go because life gets busy and you don't want to like fall off of um, you know, your journey, if it's transitioning, or even once you've transitioned to continue to eat healthfully, you don't want to fall off because you're not prepared. So, so I do that. And I also love to use meal, um, grocery delivery services like Instacart. Yes. Yes, Love that because, um, because going to the grocery store within itself takes time. So if you don't have to use that time for grocery shopping and you can then replace that with meal prepping during that time, it just makes life so much easier. And it's fairly like, it's a fairly reasonable cost. Um, I believe it's only like five or $6 for the delivery. And I believe that you probably spend that in gas and definitely in time yes, just do. by going to the grocery store. So you might as well just, you know, work a little smarter, not harder. Yes. I love Instacart too, because I, I don't necessarily have it delivered anymore. I usually just do the curbside pickup and I just, um, the Instacart is kind of like, I think they power at a lot of the different grocery stores. So you just go to the store and then they'll bring it to your car. Yes, that too. Yeah. A lot of, even, I think even Walmart does that. A lot of places do that where you can, because my thing is, I'm like you, if you cut out some of the steps, it really does save a lot of time. And then um, when you're thinking in the moment, at least for me, I get really overwhelmed when I think in a moment and I don't get as much done. So um, Mm -hmm. having, you know, the fact that you have to plan your food, grocery shop for it, prep it and cook it. And then that's, that's a lot of steps. So if you can figure out ways to cut some of that out, it really does make a difference long-term in my opinion. I agree. I agree. And then on top of that, you know, um, for, for those times when you're not able to cook at home and you are in a rush and you, you know, you're on the go because we all have lives and, or we're traveling 
learning how to dine out while vegan is also a very important part of planning for your success Mm -hmm. because you're going to eat out. Like it's guaranteed you're going to eat out. And so you want to know how to find local restaurants. And I usually do that through like happy cow. You can go to happycow.net or you can go to, there's a really cool app called vanilla bean and it's a free app you can download. So I love using that app. And then typically like, you know, some tips that I give people as far as how to learn how to dine out while vegan is I, if I'm going to a, um, a restaurant, and I have some time to kind of figure it out, even if I don't have time, because sometimes I'm sitting in the restaurant doing this, I'll Google the name of the restaurant and the word vegan. And then there's usually a blog or two or pages of blogs where it's telling you exactly what you can order at that restaurant or how to veganize what they already have. So that makes it super simple so that you can just get in there, order your food, and you don't have to ask too many questions. But you know, say that's not available. Say you're at maybe a mom and pop um, restaurant and Google doesn't give you a result. Then you can just also get creative. So what I like to do is I check out the ingredients that are listed on the menu. I don't necessarily look at what meals they put together. I just look at like, oh, they have spinach, they have mushrooms, they have tomatoes, they have peppers, they have garlic, they have pasta, they have this. And then I'll ask them, hey, can you make a, a veggie pasta with marinara sauce? you know, and I'll just check and make sure that the pasta is vegan. And if it is, then that makes it super easy for them to just put, you know, make a dish together for me without having to, you know, go too much out of their way because they already have these ingredients. All veg- I mean, all restaurants pretty much have, you know, vegetables. So they just have to put it together in a way that tastes good for you. Yep. Absolutely. I do that as well. Yeah. And then like the calling ahead thing is helpful too. If you, I mean, mm-hmm. or, or just going to look at the menu online and kind of figuring out things in your head. Cause I know when I first went vegan, I used to feel a little uh, intimidated by, uh, especially if I'm ordering with other people, like, what am I going to order? But just taking a few minutes and just going online and checking out the menu really made a difference for me. And then I had an idea of what I was going to order when I get there. So it didn't have to be like a big deal. Cause maybe you don't even want to talk about being vegan. In front of exactly. Oh, so that made a difference. Yeah, exactly. Totally agreed by that um, about that, um, especially at the beginning where you're like, eh, I don't want all eyes on me. So yes, it can, you be know, intimidating because you probably don't even know exactly. That's another thing, too. Like in the beginning, you may you have some idea about why you want to be vegan, but maybe you don't know exactly how to articulate that. So, yeah, in a way that doesn't make people feel like you know, defensive <laughs> for <laughs> <Or> some reason. <laughs> don't it make yeah. people defensive at the beginning? It's like all the way. Uh, yeah. Like you putting a mirror on them because you were vegan. They got nothing to do with you, boo. but you know, exactly. kind of look at it like that. So yeah, yeah, I think that's just get a head start. So what's the next tip that you have for people who are looking to transition? Okay. So tip, tip number three is to veganize your favorite recipes. I mentioned this when I was talking about my story because I, like I was vegan for, I mean, I was not vegan for 31 years. And for those 31 years of my life, I ate everything. Like I, I, there was nothing that was off the table. I wasn't allergic to anything other than cherries. And, and actually what's awesome is now that I've gone vegan, I'm not allergic to cherries anymore. Thank God. Cause cherries are amazing. And so, um, yeah, so big up to the vegan diet simply because of that. But yeah, so I learned that when I went vegan, I could actually veganize the recipes that I used to eat when I was an omnivore. So I would research recipes online to see what were people doing to switch out certain things like chicken, or if I wanted a seafood dish, how do I substitute crab meat and things like that. And I realized that because I'm not really a recipe follower. Um, I just like to go on and look at recipes to see how are they doing it. And then once I get that, like I know how to cook so I can just get in the kitchen and do the rest of it. So it was really about learning the principles of plant-based cooking and learning how to swap things out, what ingredients are needed. Like I was introduced to nutritional yeast and like that changed my life mm-hmm. and, you know, and coconut aminos and different things, um, apple cider vinegar, all these things that typically like I was not using prior to going vegan. But once I learned like, okay, these are the staples that I need for plant-based cooking. And then whenever I looked at recipes online, I could easily veganize my favorite recipes. And that made me feel good because I felt like I'm still eating, like I'm still able to eat Jamaican food and because I wasn't about to give that up. 
And then, you know, and then I can still eat. And I just love food. I love cuisines from all over the world. Like there's really no, not one food that I don't like um, or cuisine that I don't like. And so it just made me feel good that I could still experience, you know, world food without being feeling like I was restricted or like something was being taken away from me. Yes. So, I think that mm-hmm. I probably would have went vegan years before I did if I realized that there were so many things that I can veganize and, and make it. So anything that surprised you when you went vegan as far as veganizing? Because I know before you were talking about the macaroni and cheese and you like your chicken. What surprised you as far as being able to veganize it and it was still satisfying? Crab cakes. How do you like to make yours? I use I use hearts of palm. Hearts of palm. I like that one too. You know, my favorite has to be the oyster mushrooms because that's how I started. Ooh, yeah. You know, and I haven't I haven't cooked them myself that way, but I need to because I've heard a lot of people talking about oyster mushrooms and and the texture and ex- everything and the, even great. the flavor. Mm-hmm. It's great because I got a YouTube video. I mean, this is this video is old. It's dirt. <laughs> But um, okay. <laughs> I, what I did is I veganized my dad's um, crab cake recipe. But of course, I just used the oyster mushroom. So I used the same seasonings and everything that he typically did. So it made so it really made me feel like I wasn't missing out. Like, oh, I'm having my dad's crab cakes, but I'm just not having a crab meat. And right. um, yeah, so hearts of palm. You said hearts of palm, right? Yeah, hearts of palm. And I think why it why veganizing crab cakes really shocked me was because for about two and a half years of my vegan journey so far, I had just came to the, like the notion that I'm just never going to have seafood again. I didn't know I could have vegan seafood. And I was just like, okay, like I'm okay with it. I've come to terms with it because on the flip side, I've gained, you know, all these other things. There's like 80,000 varieties of fruits and vegetables and plants and stuff. So I'm like, okay, I got all that. And so you know, I kind of mourned it a little bit because there's, and then also when you think about like, especially where we live, this part of the country, we eat crabs in the summertime, go mm-hmm. down to the wharf, go to Annapolis, you know, stuff like that and get, and get seafood. Um, so for two and a half years, I thought that wasn't going to be a part of my life anymore. And then when I've learned that you could actually substitute crab meat for different things and I made it and it tasted so good and the texture was on point. I was like, wow, wow. like mind blown. Yeah. I can do this this might be a good space for me to also talk about the DC vegans of color um, simply because um, we had a meetup and we had a potluck that was a vegan seafood potluck. And yes. So first let me talk about DC vegans of color. So this is a meetup group in the DC area and we meet up four times a month. We do hikes, we do and other fitness stuff. We volunteer, we have potlucks and we go out to eat. Um, every month and it's for people of color. So, but all are welcomed, but you know, the whole idea is that this is a safe space for people of color to talk about, you know, um, just veganism from our, our standpoint, but we decided to have a vegan seafood potluck and the stuff that people brought was incredible. Like we had crab cakes, we had crab dip, we had vegan sushi. We had a, um, what was, it was like a clam chowder, all vegan like it was it was so good we had hush puppies we had other vegetables for the sides i mean i can't even think of everything that was there but the food was like you would have thought like this was like a seafood restaurant Mm. because like everything looked like seafood the flavor was on point but no animal cruelty no you know no just no animals were involved in or harmed in the making of all that sushi and, <laughs> and, and seafood. So it was really nice. That's dope. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is perfect segue then. Cause um, yes, your next exactly. tip is ways to um, find community and support. So that's your next tip, right? Yep. Find support and communities. And so, so yeah, so I say first thing to do is veganize your social media because most of us spend probably way too much time on social media. Mm -hmm. And so if we're going to be there, we might as well uplift ourselves and be motivated and inspired. So, so I say join Facebook groups, follow vegan accounts. If it's on your Pinterest, your Instagram, your Twitter, wherever you're at, Snapchat, all of that. Just follow vegan accounts so that when you click on it and you're opening and scrolling through, you're seeing stuff that makes you want to like, oh, I want to try that or I want to do this and I want to experience that or maybe I want to switch out my plastic bags for reusable bags, you know, all these different um, things that you don't know at the beginning of your journey. And then also finding vegan events to attend, 
I look at Meetup. I look at Eventbrite for that. So definitely these are vegans of color. Y'all check that out if y'all are in this area. And then the last thing is also if you want like more one-on-one support, you can find plant-based nutrition coaches like myself and others that are out here just there to hold you accountable, there to give you support, even give you direction. So you're not just kind of shooting in the dark, you know, and you know, like, I should buy this brand, I should do this, I should swap this for that, you know, and just having that um, overall support helps for anybody to make the transition just a lot more, less challenging, and you'll more than likely stick to it because you have, um, you have friends, you have a support system, you got people around you that are on the same journey with you. Yeah. How did you decide that you wanted to be a plant-based nutrition coach? Because uh, sometimes I think about that, but then I'm like, I don't know if (laughs) that will work very well for me, mainly because I feel like I'm just a little too chill about things and I'm not super, like, I'm not going to tell you to count your nutrition. I'm not going to do all of those things. So when I think about coaching and nutrition, that's what my mind goes to. So what made you decide that that would be a good lane for you? So I am not the type of coach that tells you to count anything because I feel like a plant-based diet, and we're not talking about just vegan food because with vegan food, yeah, you need to count. Like you need to be restrictive on, you know, some like certain replacements and things like that, that just are not plant-based you know, plant-based in its nature, but I just feel like a plant-based diet is a diet of abundance and freedom. And because that's what I experienced. I experienced being able to eat as much as I want because I was overweight simply because I ate too much food, Mm -hmm. but I love to eat food. And I don't think there's anything wrong with liking to eat food. You just have to be eating the right foods. So once I went vegan and and I went vegan being basically 100% plant-based, I didn't know about vegan replacements and vegan junk food and stuff like that at the beginning. So so when I transitioned, I just like felt really good and I felt like I could eat in abundance and I didn't have to count calories and, you know, I just started to eat more intuitively. So that's how I, I educate my clients on like learning to listen to your body and eat intuitively, eat until you're full. If you're still hungry, keep eating. Cause some people complain about that. They're like, I went vegan and I was always hungry. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you probably just should have ate more. Like, and that sounds like fun to me to eat, to be able to eat more food, you know? So, I get it. <laughs> yeah. And then sometimes it's also like certain things that can get more technical on like, okay, are your meals balanced? Do you have all macros in your meals? Cause that's what really keeps us full and sustained for a lot longer, as long as we have fat, carbs, and proteins in every meal. And so just understanding little things like that. But other than that, you know, I'm like eat and enjoy. And, you know, and as long as you're plant-based, you're actually helping your body by eating more food because you're providing more nutrition. And so, um, so yeah, but to answer your original question, I honestly came into this space totally like, because this is what people were asking me Mm, to do. Like, you know, like you're, you're kind of like, yeah, I don't know. I was just like, Oh yes. Like I wanted (laughs) to provide this information and I started coaching people and sharing and they were having results. And at that time, it wasn't a business for me. Actually, at that time, when I first started my business, I was doing juicing and providing juice cleanses to people in the local community when I lived in Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. And then that transitioned into um, meal prep. And so people could come pick up their meals once a week. Oh, and, and I then- heard your meal prep is good. I don't mean to cut you off, but I heard that you're really good because uh, one of the guys, what's his name? I think his name is Derek that I talk to a lot um, on Instagram. He said, that's, I think he found me through you. And he said that uh, he loves your meal prep. Derek, yeah, yeah. Derek. <laughs> yeah, that's my homie. I've done catering events for him. He's a really big um, supporter of Damn Good Vegan. So I appreciate him so very much. Yeah. But um, yeah, so, you know, my meal prep was a thing, but then it got to a space where I was like, feeling very overwhelmed by doing that. And I wasn't at a position where I could expand. And so, so then I transitioned into education and I'm like, I want to teach people to do this because I'm already doing it low key. Like in my inbox, people are hitting me up, asking me Mm -hmm. questions and I'm giving them advice. So maybe I should make this a thing. And so then I started doing coaching and doing like one-on-one sessions. And then that transitioned into, okay, one-on-one sessions are cool, but I could reach more people if I do online classes, if I do um, my membership site that I have now and, you know, just different ways of reaching people. And then 
even writing the book, you know, that was another thing too, was I want to write this book so that people have an accountability tool in their hand so that I don't necessarily always have to be there for them. They can do it on their own. They can have something to reference, having their purse pull out if they need to see the grocery list and things like that. So it really just like all happened organically and naturally. And I'm just so grateful for that because it just feels literally, it feels like this is what I'm called to do. I'm called to educate. And I've always saw myself as an educator of sense, like not necessarily like, oh, I'm going to be a teacher in school because yeah, I'm, I'm not doing that because <laughs> children, but even though I love children, <laughs> I know what you I mean. Just, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> not everybody's children. You love to so. kiss, you love to kiss them and send them home. Children that you know. <laughs> exactly. Children I know. And yeah. So, but I just, I did see myself as like an educator teaching people how to do things because, um, yeah, people would always come to me for different things. And I've always been like, I'm literally people's Google, you know, and, <laughs> and sometimes it gets on my nerves because I'm like, girl, you could have Googled that. But people just come to me because they know I'm resourceful and I have like, I know random facts and things like that. And so, um, so then when I moved into the space of like, okay, I'm going to now do this education thing for plant-based nutrition, it just was like a natural flow into it, you know, cause I was already kind of doing it. And then it was now it was just figuring out how to monetize it uh-huh. and actually be confident in my monetization. Now that's, that, that's a whole nother <laughs> battle. That's episode. Whole, yeah. Heck yeah. That's a whole <laughs> episode, but yeah, I love that. I love it because I like this approach because in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I'm not, I'm not a nutritionist. I can tell you what I like and what I like to do and what works for me, but how can I coach someone else? So that's the thing that was really holding me back from that. And yeah, so I, and I'm I not like, a nutritionist like either. Mm-hmm. I'm not a nutritionist either. Even if we went to become nutritionists, all of it would be standard American diet anyway. <laughs> Let's be real. You know how exactly, that goes. Exactly. Exactly. So, so yeah. it's kind of like people come to you for results. And if you, if you've had results in whatever the arena is like for you, you have, you've, you've had an, a successful podcast so you can teach other people how to have a successful podcast because you've done it before. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, we're all experts in our own lane. We didn't have to go, like, I'm pretty sure you didn't go to college for podcasting. No. So, <laughs> right. Exactly. So it's but like, you're right. You, yeah. So you don't need that. You know, I think just people come to you for results and if you have the results and you're able to, to lead them and, and, and have that discipline within yourself to also continue to maintain that lifestyle, then you're able to always just inspire and share what you're doing and it'll help others. Absolutely. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Love that. So what other, what's the fifth tip that you have for someone looking to transition? Yeah. So this one is veganize your kitchen. So I kind of talked about veganizing your recipes, but this is even going a little deeper because it's one thing to veganize your recipes, but it's another when your kitchen is veganized because then you can just get in the kitchen, especially if you're already a pretty good cook and you know your way around the kitchen, having your kitchen veganized, you can go in there and you you can always whip up something really delicious. I mean, if y'all check out my Instagram, there's always, I'm like, that's what I do. Like I, I call myself a food alchemist because I literally, and I feel like the ancestors I'll be speaking through me because mm. I will come into the kitchen. I look in my refrigerator and see what I have and say, I don't have much. And I need to go like right now I need to go to the grocery store, but, and there's like a few things in there, but the normal person, the regular person probably look in there and be like, okay, we about to order out. Cause I don't see how you're going to do it. Right. I would look in there and be like, oh, we can use this. We can do this. And by the end of the night, we got like tacos with a side of this and that, you know, it's like all this amazingness. And so, um, and I think the first key to that is having the proper staples in your refrigerator, in your pantry. So for those that want to veganize their kitchen, they can do that with a couple simple steps. So the first thing is to take everything out of your refrigerator, take everything out of your pantry and go through it all and make sure like what you're keeping is vegan and what you're giving away is the non-vegan items. Or if you're not quite ready to separate from your non-vegan items, you can then have like a separate shelf that's like, okay, everything else is vegan, but this little shelf right here, I'm still dibble and dabble in there until I'm ready to totally let that go. And that's absolutely fine. But at least it's separated. So you know, you're moving more towards a vegan pantry and right. a vegan refrigerator, right? Mm-hmm. So I do that first. And then once I've cleared out um, the things that I know are not vegan, then I give them to a friend or donate them to a food bank or something like that. Then in order not to experience separation anxiety, you got to go and replace those things that you just gave away. 
So with the vegan alternatives, so this is where you're going to go to the grocery store and you're going to pick up your vegan mayos or vegan butter. Um, if you well, throw keep it away, simple with just milk that, I mean, just milk, plant-based milk is just like a, a game changer for so many people. That's a very simple change that someone can make. Exactly. And people that aren't even vegan drink like plant-based plant based milk. Exa- yes, exactly. <laughs> Same way. And then butter too. Butter. I feel like yep. you could do the vegan margarine or something else, like really little steps to get started. Yeah. And then the cool thing too is now, I mean, what a time to be alive because uh, veganism is just, has totally exploded in a way where companies are coming out with some really cool, like meat options that are vegan alternatives or cheeses. And, you know, so we have like the Beyond Burger, the Impossible Burger. We got all these other brands that are coming out with stuff. And I know some people are like, like I've heard, I've been in these vegan groups where people are like vegans themselves are upset about these type of meat replacements or cheese yeah. replacements. Cause they're like, it's not healthy. And it's like, yeah, it's not healthy, but not a lot of people are going vegan for their health. So that's one thing you should probably consider. Like some people just want to be vegan for the environment or for the animals. And then the, at the end of the day, like a vegan burger is saving the life of an actual animal. So I can't really be that up in arms about the fact that beyond burger, or whoever is creating these, vegan alternatives when it's actually saving a life. Even if it might not be healthy for the person consuming it, it's still saving a life out there. And that individual who's eating it, they make their own decisions. They could have chose a black bean burger, but they chose a a different burger, you know, and that's fine. Like people weren't like, you know what I'm saying? Like people are going through McDonald's driveways all day long and people aren't like up in arms about that. Yeah. Right. But we're up in arms because of this company, this vegan company that's actually trying to do something good for the environment, for the planet. So that's just how I feel about the meat replacements. I don't, I, I, I mean, I'm not saying they're, they're definitely not healthy. They're good to, you know, you can indulge in them from time to time. I have them from time to time because that's my vegan junk food. Yeah. But I know, you know, okay. Like just like in, when I was an omnivore, I shouldn't have burgers every day. Mm. It's the same as it's a vegan. The same, exactly. It's the, same, <laughs> well. it's the same thing. Yeah, I agree. You know? Yeah. And, and I think that can be an introduction to veganism for a lot of people who never even really considered it. So I don't right. know. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Because then that, I, I think that that gives people that little like hug that they need to know like, oh, okay, like I don't have to completely like turn my whole diet upside down and eat some things that are totally unfam- unfamiliar to me. You know, and so it's nice to know, oh, I can bite into a burger and it still feels like a burger that I used to eat before, you know, and that helps to at least get you thinking, oh, well, maybe I can do this vegan thing. And then hopefully eventually you decide you want to be a healthy vegan and then you choose more plant-based options over vegan junk food. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Love that. All right. So what is the next tip that you have for us? Our next tip is going to be document your journey. And I think a lot of people forget this step because we just kind of dive into it and then we forget to kind of document where we started. You know, we kind of will look back after maybe a couple of weeks and be like, oh yeah, it has been like this or has been like that. But really starting off your journey, writing down like your stats, if it's your weight, your measurements, or even going to get your lab work done or getting your microbiome tested um, and even writing physical, like writing in your journal about how you're feeling physically, mentally, emotionally, even spiritually, that all helps for you to even be able to go back after a couple of weeks or months or even years and see how far you've come, you know, or if you if you're having a day where you're just feeling like, I don't know. I don't know about this thing. You know, you can go back and see where you started. And also another thing about documenting your journey is also writing down your why. Why are you doing this? Because if you know why and your why is bigger than you, you know, if it's like, I want to get off of my medication so I can be here for my family because I have children, I have grandchildren, or I want to do this because I want to save the planet, or I want to do this because I don't want to contribute to animal cruelty, whatever it is, there's thousands of reasons you can be vegan. And when you write that and you're able to read that over and over again and refer to it and go back and, and though those reasons will probably change as you transition. Cause for me, when I first went vegan, it was mainly because of my health. Cause I realized that, Oh, my, my digestive issues, my, this and that issues were based off of what I was eating. But over the years it developed into like, now I'm vegan for everything. And I care about the animals. I care about sustainability for the planet, et cetera, et cetera. It's still good to like mark those moments as you are transitioning. Cause then you get to look over this beautiful journey 
of how far you've come and what you've done and how you've changed physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and all of that over the course of however months, you know, weeks, months, years, it took you to get there and celebrate in that because you've come a long way. Yes. Love that. That's so true. Cause I should same for me. Like you said, you went in for health for me, it was for ethics and then it's now it's more of health. <laughs> so it is okay for it to change and it definitely will change. And it is a little bit of everything after all these years, it's definitely a little bit of everything. So yeah, that's a great tip. So what's yeah. the last tip that you have for somebody who is looking to transition to vegan life? Right. So this last tip is probably the most important tip. It is to take it one day at a time. Because all those other things that we've talked about tonight are all good and, you know, it's, it's perfect to document and to meal prep and to do this and educate, but you just have to take it one day at a time because small changes will definitely make a big impact and how that can happen is through, you know, maybe doing a meatless Monday and every Monday you cut out all meat and all dairy Mondays. Um, then you can move to maybe doing all your breakfasts are going to be meatless, which is pretty simple. Like if you have a smoothie or some oatmeal um, and then swapping out your, like we talked about swapping out your milk, your butter, your mayo. Those are simple things you can do that are yeah. super easy and um, effective. too. And effective. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I've even seen people that have come weekday vegans where they're just vegan Monday through Friday, and then they allow themselves to do whatever on the weekends. And that gives them some confidence too, to just like, they know they can kind of go back to eating meat if they want to on the weekends, but most of the week they are eating, you know, plant-based or eating vegan. And I feel like if you're a weekday vegan, you're eventually going to be vegan because your Absolutely. body's not going to feel good on the weekends when you're eating stuff that doesn't make you feel your best, you know? So, um, so yeah, so there's that. And then also not to be too hard on yourselves because over the course of your journey, you might mess up or somebody might, you know, feed you something that wasn't vegan. The whole point though, is if you mess up or if you accidentally eat something that's not vegan, don't beat yourself up. It's okay. And you just move forward yes. and you just get right back on track. You know, Don't this not is know not it. about progress. <laughs> right. Exactly. Don't it's I know not this. about progress. Yeah. It's a not, yeah. No being a I perfectionist. Mean, it, I, I, go yeah, ahead. Say I, it. You go ahead. Sorry. It. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry. I was saying it wrong. It is about progress. It's not about perfection. Yes. And instead of feeling like it's an all or nothing, I think that all or nothing right. that people get caught up in is why a lot of people don't start. But it's messy. And I think that going into it, knowing that it's messy will really help you continue. So Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's not to say that like those mess ups won't actually feel bad because I mean, there's been times where I was fed vegan, uh, non-vegan food and didn't realize it like at a restaurant and emotionally it messed with me. I was like sad, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, like I have animal products in my body and I said I wasn't going to do this. And now it's kind of like, it was imposed on me, you know, in a way where it just felt, it just felt violating every time. But I had to just like move forward. I'm like, okay, first of all, I know what to do to, to detox. I know what to do to move this through faster. Let me just drink some more water. Let me just do whatever, you know, eat clean today. And that made me feel better. But it's like those emotions are going to happen when those things pop up, but you just move through them a lot easier and just realize like, it's going to be okay. You do the best that you can. And that's the, that's the best that anybody can ask for. It's just you doing the best that you can with what you have. Absolutely. Yep. So go ahead and recap all of the tips for us. Yes, for sure. So tip number one is to educate and research. Tip number two is to plan for success. Tip number three, veganize your favorite recipes. Tip number four, find support and community. Tip number five, veganize your kitchen. Tip number six, document your journey. And tip number seven is to take it one day at a time. So before we wrap up, Danny, how can we work with you? Tell us um, about your membership site, follow you on social media, whatever you want us to do, let us know how to do that. Sure. So I have a couple ways that you can work with me. I do offer one hour strategy sessions and I like to call them strategy sessions because by the end of the call, you will have a game plan. You're not just kind of like 
asking questions and, you know, we're just, it's, it's a little bit more directed to, okay, how are we going to move forward on your next steps? And so if you want information about um, my strategy sessions, you can go to veganstrategysession.com. And then also I have a membership site. It's called Plant Powerhouse Club. And I'm so excited about it because it's a fairly new product of mine. And it's a membership site where you pay a monthly fee and you get access to all of my online courses, which include how to veganize your kitchen, dining out while vegan, traveling while vegan, even vegan body care, because what goes in your body is also important, but what goes on your body, we also have to remember that. So there's that. And then I have wellness challenges every month through the Plant Powerhouse Club, like our smoothie and salad challenge, which we're doing um, this month in February. And then last month we did a detox. So every month there's always a new challenge um, to keep you super motivated and just fun so you can engage with the community. And then also um, getting ready to launch my Damn Good Vegan um, 12-week program. And that's where we're really going to get customized with how we approach your healing journey through veganism. So we're going to test your blood, test your microbiome. And when we get those results back, everything, like your meal plan and everything gets uh, catered towards what you as an individual needs so that as you go through the 12 weeks of transitioning to a vegan diet, then you end up in a space where you're actually feeling better at the end. And, um, and then you can continue going, you know, based off of, cause we do test you at the end as well to make sure like how have your levels transitioned over the next, over these 12 weeks. And then after that, you know how to keep going forward. So we have that. And then if you want to follow on social media, I am damn good vegan and it's spelled D A M for my initials. So D A M good vegan on all your favorite social media sites. Also it's damngoodvegan.com If you'd like to see more information about um, me as a professional speaker or me even doing cooking classes and uh, personal chef services in your home if you're in the local DC area. Yes. Real quick too, tell us about your podcast because I know we started off talking about uh, podcasting. I know you have a monthly podcast. Tell us how we can listen to that. Yeah. So I am co-hosting a podcast with the um, Plantarian platform. Plantarian, Plantarian is an app that allows for um, consumers to go and find plant-based professionals in their area. So if you're looking for a vegan chef or someone who does meal planning or somebody who can take you grocery shopping and educate you with that, they have a list of all different types of plant-based professionals in your area that you can connect with and really get the support that you need. So earlier um, this year, we decided we're going to launch a podcast And um, on the podcast, I'm co-hosting it with my friend, Thomas Goodman, who is the co-founder of a nonprofit organization called Plant Dining Partnerships. And Plant Dining Partnerships is pretty dope because what they do is is they actually urge restaurants to incorporate vegan options onto their menu if they don't already have one. And so um, I also play an active role with them as being a part on their advisory board. So what I do, once they convince the restaurant that, yes, you need vegan options because there's a vegan community that will benefit from it, then I come in and I help them figure out how to do it. So these are how we can keep your um, vegan options on brand. So it still kind of vibes with what you already sell, but you right. And so we, um, so that's what, um, so me and him, we are co-hosting this podcast and it's just to bring awareness to awesome people that are doing awesome things on um, just in different areas, like for environmentalism with animal rights, activism, plant-based nutrition, and all the areas that we touch within veganism. So we've, uh, we're getting ready to wrap season one. We're going to be starting season two, late March of 2020. So excited about launching that. And I'm even more excited because now that we're getting close to the end of season two and um, you know how we've been flowing, I was actually offered um, podcast producer role. So I'm officially podcast producer now of this. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm excited about that and stepping into that role and just taking it on. And, you know, I'm always open to suggestions on how to make it better. So if y'all can go listen to the Plantarian podcast, it's on all your favorite podcast players and leave us a review. Let us know what you think and, um, you know, and give, you know, leave suggestions or if there's people you want to hear from, we want to have amazing guests. So yeah, we're open to suggestions because we're brand new to this and I'm new to podcasting in general, as far as on the other side, I've been on a couple interviews, but 
you know, on the side of like producing a podcast, it's a lot different. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A lot so, of work too. <laughs> a lot of work. A lot but of it's work worth it. It's worth it. Exactly. It's definitely worth it. And the feedback, feedback we've been getting so far has already been really good. And, um, and so I'm just looking forward to learning more about podcasting and editing. And luckily I have a little team. We have like a few people that are involved in it. So it's not just one person doing everything. So I'm grateful for that. But yeah, the Planetarium Podcast where we've already had on like four amazing guests and in all different areas. And I'm just excited about having more guests and talking more. And, and then people also getting to know me a lot more through the podcast. Yes. Thank you so, so much for being on the show, Danny. I really appreciate it. I know that your tips are going to help other people. And like I said, I'm so glad that you followed your passion and you're, you're doing the work. You're out here working, girl. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so, so much. I really appreciate you having me on. And before I go, I do want to give everybody that's listening a free gift. Um, I have a ebook called Go Vegan in a Weekend, and it has recipes, transition tips, like some of the transition tips we talked about today, as well as affirmations for positive health, because I'm all about affirmations. So definitely go to goveganinaweekend.com to get that ebook. Yes. Thank you again for being on the show, and we'll talk soon. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>